Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. everybody and welcome into another episode of the Penny Bloom podcast. His I, Colton Robertson, and we are continuing our journey through 52 years of film. I am joined today by Joseph George. What is up, homie? What's up? What's up? It's always a pleasure to be here and I'm very glad that I'm here today. So oh, I'm very, very glad you're here today too because this is one of the funnest movies in the entire 52-year span we're covering. So, as I've explained before, we started in the first day of January with 1970, and every Friday since, we've been covering a movie from every year. 1971, 2, 3, all the way through the 70s. We've reached the 80s as of last week, and now it is 1981. Uh, and what better movie to talk about from 1981 than Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Now, this is one that I've been wanting to cover on the pod forever mm. now. So I am so happy that we're finally here. Oh, yeah. This movie, um, I, it, this is, it pains me to say, but this was my first legitimate viewing and pretty much my first watch ever, pretty much. Well, no, and, okay. See, it, it took me a while. Like, mm. I, I, I mean, I, I watched it when I was a child, like a mm-hmm. small child. And, I remember thinking like, yo, that's cool, but I'm going to stick with the Star Wars side of things where we got the laser pew-pews and the giant <laughs> laser swords and stuff. Uh, this dude with his hat and his whip isn't getting it done for me quite as much. Uh, then, I, then I revisit this movie, uh, and actually I've got like a weird like a weird story with like the first time I watched this again. It was like uh, I was down at Mizzou, and I wasn't going to school at Mizzou, but I was uh, – I was uh, – down there visiting some friends and we were looking for a movie to watch. And we, I was like, you guys want to watch Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark? So we went ahead and turned it on and like, I'm watching it and I'm just like in fucking awe, you know, like I'm like, dude, how have I not loved this movie for longer? That was Uh, my exact mindset while watching this was like, Oh my God. I was, I think I was 19. So a couple uh, years ago. Hmm. Yeah, that, like I was watching it and I was just like, oh my God, like I should have been watching this so much earlier. Like this fun, like it's, it is a fun movie. It is a good movie. Like, and that's the thing is like, this isn't just like fun for fun's sake. Like it's also a very good story too. Like, oh, fantastic. There's like everything about this movie's good, but like, oh, and, and I mean like, Let's lay the groundwork for the people, and then we'll uh, we'll dive further and further into our mm-hmm. our feelings for it. I've got the Raiders of the Lost Ark soundtrack playing here in the background, so I'm I'm definitely ready to go. Uh, released June 12th of 1981, and directed by Steven Spielberg, his second of our uh, our journey here. Here, uh, last was Jaws. Written by uh, Lawrence Kasdan, who also wrote The Empire Strikes Back. And uh, with a story by George Lucas 
and Philip Kaufman. Now, this this was fucking fantastic, and this was uh, loved at the Oscars. Uh, mm-hmm. One one five, which is that's insane, huge. Uh, was nominated for nine, so one five out of nine, and unbelievable that John Williams didn't win Best Music that year. It was nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Cinematography, and Best Music. Didn't win any of those. He's but probably won got best... his share of Oscars, though, John Williams. Oh, yeah, Best assume. Art Direction, Best Sound, Best Film Editing, Best Effects, and a Special Achievement Award for Sound Effects Editing. So it, it got it got its love, to be sure. And uh, I remember when I – this is the only movie besides Star Wars so far that is, like, actively a movie before this project that was already regularly in my arsenal. Mm. Uh, I watched this movie quite a bit, uh, and I, 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 lo- I love it more and more every time I watch it. Like, it's, it's just a special one, and I think that, you know – seeing Harrison Ford and it's important here because you you said this is your first like real deal viewing after I watched Raiders of the Lost Ark I watched the rest of the indie films just to see uh, mm-hmm. because I was like well this was fucking awesome let's see. they don't they don't touch <laughs> this again ah I uh, see they're good uh especially uh the last crusade with uh, Sean Connery that one's really good but like the next one Temple of Doom is like a really big step down for me uh, just, uh, and we'll get more to that later. But the thing that makes Indiana Jones so compelling here is that he is literally everything anyone has ever wanted to be. Uh, dude is a hero. Dude's, like, dude's a hero's hero, man. Like this man is. Yes. Not not only is he about that action, which they make they make it clear. Like this man will do what he needs to do to get it done. And then they're like. You know what? We're just going to sprinkle this here on top of it. He's also smart as fuck. And this is his life's work. It's not just plundering for the sake of plundering. He's not just a raider. He is in pursuit of knowledge and increasing his knowledge and increasing the, the wealth of knowledge for the world. And therefore, it makes him all the more awesome. You're just like, oh, this guy fucking rocks. His... He's fighting Nazis. What's to. Oh. Well, of course. Like, Easiest fuck, enemy yeah. to hate, too. Like, oh, yeah. You know, like, oh, you... for sure. Like, yeah, this is like. Just throw that, like, I didn't know, like, I had no idea, like, the Nazis or, like, World War Two Hitler was, like, a big part of this movie, oh, like, yeah, before. Set 1936. And, uh, but, like, super great, anim- like, villain, you know, easily, easily hated, super easy there. But Indiana Jones, his, like, kit, his arson, like, his, uh, his whip, his book, you know, like, he legitimately, like, takes out his book to, like, read hieroglyphs sometimes, like, his little notebook, um, like, his hat, like, everything on his character or, like, his costume design is just, like, perfect. Like, I, Oh, it fits too well. And they utilize it, like, a lot. It's not just, like, he just keeps his whip, like, on his side at all times. You know, it's just, like, part of his costume. No, like, he's, like, actively using, like, all these things all the time, which I just really liked. Um, oh, I absolutely like, love that. Seeing the Explorer side. With none other than our Dr. Octopus. Oh, yes. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. Yeah, um, Alfred Molina popping up at the beginning of this movie. Yeah, the first 12 minutes, like, of this movie, the first uh, sequence before we go back to USA or, I guess, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, back Wherever he teaches. Yeah, wherever he teaches. But, uh, like, just seeing, uh, 
Like, I had no idea he was in this movie at all. And I'm looking at him, I'm like, is that Doc Ock? Like, yeah, that really looks like him. But, like, he just looks so different in this character. Like, uh, he's, like, a he lot just darker. He a lot younger. Like, yeah, a lot younger. Like, his skin is a lot darker. Um, And, like, I'm yeah. like, hmm, like, is that really Doc Ock? And then, like, I see his face a little bit better. And I'm like, oh, dude, that's, that's Doc absolutely. Ock. That's like, yeah, that's Molina right there, baby. I look it up to make sure. And I'm like, oh, that's just awesome. Oh, yeah. Love that. Love whenever we can get any Marvel crossover whatsoever into any of these movies and especially having one so early, like in the 80s where we've they're in Marvel movies now. That's pretty fun. Uh, But I I absolutely love it. The way that we kick off this movie with him sidestepping booby traps and seeing all of it coming and then ultimately getting his prize there and then having to make his way out via the the iconic chase by the boulder, Mm. which is just a. And this movie is basically just a series of Indiana Jones running from various things. That's true. Yeah, he's he's really just escaping most of this movie. Um, but that booby trap, the uh, that whole temple. I every time I see booby traps and stuff, I always think like, what's the point? Like of all these things that that like they shoot off one time and then you got to reset them. So like, if one. It depends on how far the first guy makes it before he dies, you know, like for the yeah. second guy to come in. But like, like, I don't care, you know, like that, like I'm think, like I usually think of things like this during a movie, like, oh, booby traps are stupid. Like this is a, like a one-time thing to set up and it's all dumb. But like this movie, like that part of my brain was just off and like, uh, yeah. it was just pure enjoyment, like throughout this whole movie. And, uh, like I, the first 12 minutes were, were just like awesome it set the movie like basically threw you right in you know like, oh yeah it like, sets the tone bam. perfectly you know you get you get the big you get the indie theme you get exactly what this movie is going to be about just in a you get the introduction to belloc like you you get it all right there at the beginning you see and i like that the obviously the overarching villain is the nazis uh and it's really interesting because it's a rather a progressive view of like a progressive movie for the time, like the way that uh, the the natives in this movie and any and anywhere they are, whether it was uh, when they were in the Arab country late, later on, or if they're or if they were here, it was always a colonial power that had duped the local population into helping them or forced them into helping them. It, they they went with like the colonial imperial. Uh, villain as the as the bigger bad which i really really enjoyed because it like and the fact that you know harrison ford expressly at several times is like they don't give a fuck about if we hurt each other like <laughs> like yeah, and i have no interest in hurting them it's like it's like it's not at all what he's here for they made like this movie and i think this is something that george lucas just does really well in his story writing is that he makes it timeless like no like he doesn't involve like things that would make uh it a timepiece like it a, a thing that would fit in the time that it came out and like Star Wars you know it's it Star Wars will be Star Wars forever because he wrote it to be timeless right. and I, I I sense the same thing with Indiana Jones like with this movie is that this movie will forever just be a fun movie to watch like a great movie to watch like just I don't know this like. It's, it's I, most fun, I, this it's might the be most fun I've had. 
I might have more fun watching this movie than Star Wars, but that's just because like this was like my first time. Yeah, the like, newness. Have, like watching you, you this, watched so, like, Star Wars so yeah. much. No, um, I get you. No, I, I can certainly say the same. Like in terms of like uh, in the last like few years of movies I've given first viewings and been immediately like, oh fuck. That's an all-time favorite movie of mine. There's not there's not one I can think of that I had more fun watching than Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's like a it's just ceaselessly fun. And you know, there's a great cast of characters around Indiana Jones that like really really propel this movie in other ways like uh, Marion Ravenwood and uh Sala. I love I love both of them. They they're two fantastic uh role players in this movie and I mean, again, you got the the hero, the heroine, who's actually uh, not not just a damsel in distress, which I really enjoy. You know, she's not just the love interest, which is another mm-hmm. thing they really, really fuck up in the second movie. Uh, uh. Temple of Doom takes a step back from the nuanced kind of like ah, Indiana Jones isn't like all our other action heroes because that's what Raiders of the Lost Ark makes you feel. You're like ah, he's intelligent. He's not hyper masculine. He's not like. He's he's just kind of doing his thing, and he's he's here for a good time, not a long time. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Temple of Temple of Doom. Uh, he is much more your typical '80s action movie star, who is very hyper masculine, ma- lady killer. Just like, and it's like, ah, man, you really took the steam out of it here, man. I really liked I it. Like, you end this movie, and you're like, it's him and Marion Ravenwood. That's the vibe. That's what we're doing. And we start the second movie, and it's a prequel. So, like, it takes place, like, a year before. So, like, he's younger, and, like, mm. like it's it's just I it's see. just kind of a, it's just yep. kind of a step back for me. But, nevertheless... Uh, anything was probably going to be a step back from this just because Raiders of the Lost Ark is genuinely one of one of my favorite movies of all time. And frankly, I'd argue one of my one of the best movies of all time just because of its, like you said, timelessness and its overwhelming amount of fun that it provides while you're watching. And um, and again, a villain everybody can hate. And if you don't hate him, you suck. Uh, if, yeah, if you if you don't hate this villain, you uh you got a lot more wrong with you than just not liking Indiana Jones. Like, uh, mm-hmm. you, you got to take a look in the mirror. If, uh, the Nazis are, 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 aren't an enemy, you can't, uh, just immediately hate. But, uh, mm-hmm. what I love, like every time, um, that he's doing something like heroic, there's usually a crowd watching him and, you know, oh, yeah. cheering him on, like climbing onto the submarine. You have the boys on the boat. Like, oh, that was Indy? Like he has to be somewhere to look again. And he's like, found him. And then they're like, yeah. Like, you know, just cheering him. On. Like, let's go. I love and, it because it's like everyone in that situation was like, fuck the Nazis. Why would we want the Nazis to win? This dude's doing his fucking thing. I'm a root for this guy. And uh, there's there's that iconic moment earlier in the movie where the swordsman steps up and challenges him to a duel. And he like he does the whole and, you know, and this is just like one of those things that's so like simple, funny, like this. This scene is everything Marvel Studios wishes they could accomplish with their comedy. Mm. I see. And it's just never yeah, touched this. It like it was oh everyone knows this, this moment. This, 
yeah, like this is a character. Like this is a character moment. This is absolutely something Indiana Jones would do. It's just like a, I don't have time for this. My body's not built for this shit anymore. I'm sorry, I man. Do have a gun. I gotta just. <laughs> yep. Yeah, like you have a sword. I have a gun. Don't bring a knife to a gunfight. Uh. <laughs> You challenged me, man. You stepped up. Mm-hmm. You did the shit. This is on you now. Uh, like, and- <laughs> even though I've seen that clip hundreds of times or just across the internet, seeing it for, like, the first time, like, with his, like, character development and, like, like you know, actually watching the rest of the movie and not just this yeah. clip. Like, I'm like, oh, it's, like, so much better. It's, like, like, this was already hilarious, you know? Like, I've already laughed at this many, many times. But like, but you just at that point you know he's just tired trying to do his fucking yeah, job, like, <laughs> and he's like, "I'm done with this shit, bro." Come and on, I also man. like, yeah, like <laughs> the pace, the pace of this movie is so so fast. Like, I don't know if you know this, and I didn't really notice it until I was watching this most recent time. We know where the arc is, where the well of the souls is earlier than halfway into the movie like the map room he he or puts like the, he puts the staff in and the light shines a couple minutes before halfway through the movie damn i did not know that yeah i was thinking like, that was like uh there's like 30 minutes left at that point no there's still another hour on top of that <laughs> damn. uh no so like they 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 knew how to pack Steven Spielberg, Dang. credit to him. The pacing of his films is fantastic because th- that very fact reminded me so much of Jaws. The way that the whole first half was predicated on the setting up of what was going to be happening the second half of the film. Uh, so the first half of Jaws, it's the it's them being like, oh shit, is there a shark out there? Oh fuck, there's a shark out there. Oh, we got the shark. No, you didn't quite get the shark. You thought you were digging in the right place. You were digging in the wrong place. Uh we know where to dig now. Okay, let's go find it. Like, and then they... That, like, the whole, uh, like, his staff was a few inches off, so, like, they're digging in the wrong... Like, the whole, like, thing, that was just cool. Like, uh, like, they're just, they're not as calculated, you know? They don't know all the history and all the stuff, you know, behind everything, and uh, so they're getting it wrong. Like, and and that's another thing that just makes it endearing is that he's Mm. just like he's not just overpowering them because he's a badass he's outsmarting them and outwitting them which makes it all the more entertaining and Mm. it's something that like uh you you don't lack it and like a and like i'm gonna keep comparing it to star wars because that's the easy comparison here with george lucas and john williams and the clear connections they have and the influences they've had on each other throughout history but like you don't quite have that with a luke skywalker luke skywalker isn't outwitting outwitting people he's he's and in most scenarios he's outlucking people and i guess there's a there's a degree to that degree of that with indiana jones obviously i mean there's Uh, basically the force like in this movie as literal like the power of god like yeah literally like the the beam of light coming from the the map room, like they explained, like those right. beams are like the. So like I was like, and also okay, this one this part kind of confused me, and I, maybe I just didn't get like fully what was happening. But gotcha. uh, whenever um the arc is in the boat in the box, there's a uh, Nazi lettering or like uh, labeling on the box. Gotcha. And then a blue flame just 
burns like just burns the lettering and stuff it's like right before they're like pulling it up like or something like uh and i was like i didn't know like i just don't i didn't get it like uh was was it burning the lettering was made to have sequels and i think that was an illusion like oh this is gonna keep being a problem oh okay i i just didn't know like what was going because i was like is like for one i was just like oh god hates the nazis he's just like getting that off of there you know like uh get that like labeling off of this arc you know holy item like that's what my Mm. first thought was you know like oh he's just yeah screw the not like screw nazi i'm not having nazi labeling on my stuff and then my second thought was like are they trying to it like were they trying to disguise this box as the box that didn't have the arc in it? Like they were like he was trying to burn what the point label. In the movie like is that? Is that towards the end? It's it's uh the arc box is in the boat. Like the boat before the submarine. This is like right before gotcha. the submarine they come in, they get the box off the boat and then put it on the submarine, basically. Gotcha. And it's right before um they're attaching it to like a crane to like bring it up mm. from like the cargo place. And yeah, yeah, right yeah, before yeah. they start to bring it up, it like just shows the box in the cargo hold, like all by itself. And then the blue flame like starts and burns Eating all the stuff. It. Like, yeah. yeah. And, uh, well, and the way know. that I always interpreted that, that last little bit is that like at the end of this movie, Indiana Jones doesn't feel like the arcs in a safe place at all. He's like, they don't know the power that they have. They don't know what the fuck they're holding. They shouldn't be in possession of that. And I I always just associated that scene with the idea that this will continue to cause problems down the line. That makes sense. Uh, That's just always kind of been my take on it. I've never actually Mm. thought about if it really was, like, meaning something. Yeah, I'm like, Uh, because at first I was like, maybe they're going to play, like, because I didn't know that they, like, I didn't like I don't I don't know what's happening like you know afterwards like this is my first right. time so like I didn't know if like this was God just trying to disguise this box as like not the the ark's not in this one you know like yeah, this like, is, this isn't looking. your guys's but yeah keep looking like it's not here and I'm like that's that like that's what I was thinking uh, oh, like, I mean like time. that could, like, that uh, could very well also be the case <laughs> you know like I to be honest I'd never put I'd never put nearly enough thought into that that little that little part of the film there. That was uh, the only part of the movie where I was like kind of analyzing like uh, a little too. It was like the only part that kind of confused me. I was like, because I I thought like uh, first seeing like the map room and then like the like the beam. I'm like, okay, like there's some divine power in this movie, legit. Like I'm I'm accepting that fully. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like I see this blue flame and I'm like, okay, so this is like God doing something. Power of God, yeah. Right, like this is God doing something. So there has to be some meaning behind it, you know, is what I was. Uh, gotcha, gotcha. Where I'm, no, that where makes I'm, that's a perfect. That's a that's a that's a good line of thought. Like I just never I'd never gone to that level. I think that would make a lot of sense. Uh, and it would also make sense that it also seemed like uh, it wasn't. Like it was obviously not a force that was genuinely good, mm-hmm. you know. Like it was just like it was just a force to be reckoned with. Uh, it can be wielded, and like uh, so. But also, like it kills a bunch of Nazis at the end. It's not like it's killing a bunch of 
<laughs> innocent people. So it's like, what are, what are we doing? Like, is it it like would it have uh, killed hard... like like uh they were right? Was there. it just looking at it? The fact like that's what killed them, or was it like God being? And like, that's the All way right. they frame it up. That or was it or was it that Indiana Jones was just saying like, hey, you don't want to see this shit. Close mm-hmm. your eyes. Uh, I have like a a a dumb theory. Um, I don't know if this is like accepted or like theorized about, but like, and that's another thing. I've never like looked into mm. anything surrounding Indiana Jones theory wise. I've only ever okay. watched and enjoyed the movie. I was th- at the end. I'm like, wait a minute. Is this like just the ramblings of a mad teacher? Like that's just hyping up his stories way too much. And like all of this stuff is just fake, you know, fake story because like he says, like, close your eyes. You don't want to see this. Like, you know, like he wouldn't have seen anything happen. So he could just say, yeah, like God came in and killed all these Nazis. You know, like that's what I was thinking at the end. Like, wait a minute. Like, is this like, is he like just hyping up his stories like to the max level? And that's what we're seeing is like his create like his stories that he's saying. And I'm like nah, the way that the way that this the dude is in like Star that. Wars goes that R two D two is telling the story. So anytime he does something awesome, it's him embellishing the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, uh, but then I'm like, you know what? No, this dude is no, like it's that. not. It's not. He's it's his like life. that. I, that is yeah. that dude. Andy's, you know, and he's yeah. like that. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, he's he's one of my favorite movie characters of all time. Uh, specifically Raiders Indy. This dude is this dude is fucking awesome. Uh. And I want to I want to touch back on uh, Marion Ravenwood a little bit and his relationship to Marion Ravenwood. How about uh, let's I want I want to talk about the rise of Skywalker being so clearly and overwhelmingly influenced by this movie. I see. I didn't. Whoa. I didn't even put those together. Yeah. Like no, like rewatch it and think about the rise of Skywalker. And it's like, oh, like the pacing of this is. And the the mirror of the story a little bit like there's a lot there the melting away of the face and stuff like there's a lot there but Indy Jones pulling off the blowing up the transport thinking your friend is dead uh, and then revealing actually a genuinely good enough amount of time later that she was actually alive unlike showing us that Chewbacca is alive two minutes later mm. uh, snakes why is it always got to be snakes. Did bones? Never mind. I, I hate was, bones. I uh, I love just giving him like one thing that he can't stand. You know, like yeah. he's this guy that's just he'll go through anything to do anything, but snakes, like, nah, like, and I get it, man. Snakes are weird. It's just like they just have a spine and slither around. Like that's not normal, you know. Like that's that is kind no, of that's weird. just horrifying. Yeah, that's it. They're very scary. I understand. And that's another thing that makes him such a great protagonist is whenever you can make them like this is one thing that a bunch of 80s action heroes lack is is vulnerability. They ha- they're invulnerable. They cannot mm-hmm. be stopped. This is their like and this guy at the very beginning of the movie makes it very clear. I fucking hate snakes. Don't like miss me with that shit. I don't want. And then that moment when Sala opens the door and he's like, uh, why does the floor move? Yeah. Sala was uh, like. I lo- I love Sala. Like he, Oh, that he, man is down to ride. That we all need a Sala in our life. He even said like 
whenever Andy first um, went to Cairo and then approached him and he's like, Hey, like they're going for the art. Like he's telling him about it for the first time. He's like, yeah. he's like, wait, like, should we even look for this in the first place? Like man should not wield this power. You know, like he, he was very, he's very wise. Sala, like, uh, he, uh, Oh, what was the, I think I wrote down one of the quotes that he said in my notes. Um, if the Ark is there in Tannis, man was not meant to disturb it. Yeah, that's what he said. Uh, but then he went on to say, like... But goddamn, wouldn't that be cool, though? But yeah, like... Come, like I, I don't know. I, I just... Uh, Sala, like... He always, like, stepped back and, like, uh, thought about the situation very, like, critically and... and uh, well, and I, I argue... I argue that Indy doesn't complete this this task without Sala. Like there's, there's no doubt in my mind. Uh, this is something that doesn't get done without Sala's help, you know, uh, without having an ally it, at, there, because I mean, who saves him when he goes and sits down in that bar later, Sala's kids who are like, Indy, Indy, uncle Indy, True. come home, come home. True. Like it, it, without Sala, this, this shit ain't possible. So like, you know, Sala's an MV is like an MVP, a low key MVP of like pretty much the whole shit we've got going on so far. Like if we could do like an awards right now, 70 through 81, Salah's the like the low key MVP here, keeping your man's alive. Can we talk about the anti MVP? This monkey, this Nazi monkey, bro. Bro, the Nazi monkey, bro. That honestly, kept blowing my mind. That like, uh, they got this monkey to hail. It like, uh, I like that was insane. I just like hilarious the fact that they literally had to like train a monkey to hail. I like. They created terrible. a Nazi. Yeah. You can't say you can't say no monkeys were harmed in the production of this uh, of a this Nazi film because you made a, you made a monkey a Nazi. Yeah, like straight up. That monkey was a snitch. He was a narc. He freaking that dude. Like, I I literally like most of my notes is just me pissed at this monkey. Um, <laughs> I think my first note of the monkey is they got this monkey to hail. And then uh, my next is the monkey is a freaking narc. And then this motherfucking monkey can do it all. And then he dies. And then I'm like, wait, they just killed this monkey? Like, it, it was like in a... Like, oh, yeah, I like... Know, like the, uh, I just thought Well, was someone came in and poisoned the dates that they saw Indy eating. And then the monkey found the dates and was like, oh, I'm going to eat a date. I just and, couldn't believe uh, that that's how they killed this monkey. I thought this monkey was going to be a much larger part of this movie. Like, because they set him up. Like, he, like, um, whenever he was in the truck and, like, the guy looked at him and, like, the monkey gave him, like, a, and, like, a nod, like, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, I'm like, oh, this dude's, like, a spy. He's going to, like, tell them everything. And then, Bro, like, eat the date. I, I'm, I was with you because, like, it, it felt like a shoe in because, like, Indy trusted the monkey. So did Marion. Like, they were both like, Mom, this is a sweet monkey. Until Marion is hiding in the basket and the monkey's like, yo, she's right here. Yeah. She's right here. <laughs> uh, Cairo, though, that city, that, uh, pop up shop after, uh, when, when, yeah, he, oh, yeah, he has the truck. He just drives it into a garage. And then they mm. pop up a shop right in front of it, you know, to hide him. Yeah. Like City of Cairo, like they're they're another MVP of this movie. Uh, right. Like that was clutch. Um, I I just thought it was hilarious. Like instantly they see Andy, they're like, "That's our dude." Bam. Like we'll do, we'll do anything to protect this man. Barricade like, him in. Yeah. Uh, 
No, yeah, it was fantastic. And uh, I, I do love, I, I wanted to touch on Marion Ravenwood I, I, because mm. she, her character is really dope. And the introduction of her uh, in the mountains of Nepal running a, uh, running a saloon and just out drinking dudes under the table just like fuck yourselves guy she's got and an then, iron liver her liver is strong bro she's <laughs> she's a different breed uh but that first scene there that's one of the most that's one of my favorite scenes in this entire movie where uh indy walks up in the bar they talk for a little bit and then the nazis come in after him and it's and it becomes a problem uh but when indy comes back and he snaps that whip around the gun and it's like, okay, now we really in it, or the flame thrower thing, whatever it was going, whatever was about yeah. to happen. I think it was like a little iron prod that was on fire because he throws it away and it catches the bitch on catches the shit on fire. Uh, that whole sequence, fucking fantastic. And I gotta think this this created, not created because there's certain there's a certain influence from like 30s and 40s serials, but the chaotic action sequence. Mm. Like, there is no Shang-Chi bus scene without Raiders of the Lost Ark, where it's like, oh shit, all this shit is happening all at once. Did the driver just hit his head and pass out? Yep, okay, that's going to be another problem we have to deal with in a second. Oh shit, is there gasoline leaking under the plane? Is that going to be a problem here in a second? Yes. All right, we'll figure all that out in a second. We just got to deal with the problem at hand. And like that, I can't think of a movie that I've watched that, that, that does that earlier than this one, where we see all that unfold and pretty much every action sequence for Indiana Jones, it's like something is creating a bigger problem uh, that he just can't deal with at the moment. Indy shoots like a barrel of beer or like something that's holding some liquor and uh, Marion's sneaking around and it's like pouring and she just takes a quick little, quick little quick drink little and nip. continues on like, oh, like there's so, like, like they didn't need to do that, you know, in this, like this sequence at all, but like, it just makes this movie just so much more, like the little things like that, that they add in, you know, like mm-hmm. just make this movie so much more enjoyable. And oh, like absolutely. that whole sequence, like the shadows of the Nazis, like walking in initially, like against right. the wall, um, whenever that, like the building is on fire and you see like the main guy, like just with flames behind him, you know, like just the imagery and like the camp, like the shots in this movie are beautiful. Like, ah, uh, this movie's just so awesome. It's just so kick ass. Like, oh, it's so much fun, and it's got that obvious uh, Steven Spielberg touch. There are several, uh, several points where I'm like, oh man, this is so clearly made by the dude who made Jaws. Like, uh, whenever they're digging the hole that Indy has pointed out for them, and we get that shot of their silhouettes pressed up against the sun. And then picking away at the dirt. I'm like, I I remember seeing in Jaws the sun in the background through the window of the boat. And you saw two of them talking mm-hmm. to each other. And, like, that's... Silhouettes like, and shadows were, you like, used so much. Yeah. Man. And, oh, he... Like, I love that I have some bearing on, like, yeah, this director or this, uh, this writer. You know, I, I love these aspects of these people. Like... A year ago, I couldn't tell you like a, a Spielberg, you know, little Spielberg in his movies yeah, yeah. or like a, a Kubrick film. I didn't know like what a Kubrick film was before, like, you know, now, like 
Cubic? Um, what is that? Is that a unit of measurement? Yeah, like, uh, yeah, exactly. So, like, uh, I love that I can pick these things out and, like, ah, just... To a degree, sure. yeah, it's like... Know that that man, George, can write a good story with great characters, man. Like, hmm. his character writing is just so good. Like, and... It's uh, impeccable, dude. And, I mean... The team here, George Lucas and Lawrence Kasdan. Lawrence Kasdan is a fucking G. Dude wrote Empire and Raiders. That's wild. I don't think you need a better resume than that. Like, I think that's it. I mean, like... How do you get better? There's no way... There's no way... No way else to go but down yeah, this, from that This point. movie's pretty stacked. Uh, did receive a Kansas City Films Critic Award as well. Up for best oh, yeah, film, did. so gotta gotta throw that one in there. Um, but like the uh, the medallion, um, you know how like one side of it got burned into the Nazis' like hand. Yeah. Did was that the same side that they saw, or like did it actually have two sides to it, and that one side was melted into his hand, and only he saw it, and then the other side was the side that that they still had? Like, or, I'm not sure. That's a good question. Because uh, I think like in in one part of the movie they're like, uh, "Are you sure we have all of the writing? Like, are you sure there wasn't uh, more to this?" And uh, oh yeah, because like Indy's also like, "How do they? How could they possibly have a?" There's no photocopy of the medallion. There's nothing like so. Okay, had, so it, it was, was just, the wrong side because so they they were just, digging in the wrong spot. Okay, because I, I thought I thought like uh that he had the same side they looked at, but then I'm like, wait, if he had the same thing, then how like would they be digging in the wrong spot or whatever? Um, but then I was like, but then the way they messed up the calculation. Like, that was different was from the, the writing. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, they just read it wrong, basically. So I think the thing he had in his hand, I think it was the same side that they had. Yeah. Um, and I think there was only writing on one side anyways. Like, but I I, yeah. I was just like, I didn't know if there was, like, two sides to it or, or something like that. But it... No, I must I, – I guess it would just be one. Like – I never I, another thing that I'd never really considered watching this movie. I just always been like, ah, mm. shit! Now they have a version of the medallion. Uh, uh, but it's it. I do also love the way that Marion Ravenwood uses her uh, alcohol uh, drinking abilities to drink Belloc under a table and then <laughs> think she'd be able to make it out of there. Uh, uh-huh. It was a, it was a real genius move, you know. It's like you know what, I'm gonna go ahead and get this guy super fucking fucked up, and then uh, I'll just walk on out of here, and we'll see how that goes for me. Just bad timing that the Nazis happened to arrive right at that point. Too bad Vader had to basically show up. Like I got yep. like Vader vibes so hard. Like with this silhouette, his shadow, he was all black. Like yeah, like uh. I just thought that was, that was yeah, like that was pretty sick. Like, and then him, like, whenever they showed his hand for the first time, and that it was burned into his hand, I'm like, oh, that's just kind of cool. Like, this uh, is kind of tough. That's like cool, just character design, you know. Like, uh, I didn't even think about that whenever he did, like burned his hand initially. 
like, and then he put it in the snow. Like, I'm like, oh, like, yeah, that dude's hands just like, that's, he, he just messed it up. You know, it's just burned. I didn't even think like, oh, the writing, you know, would be imprinted in it and stuff. Like, uh, so that was just sick to see. But, uh, yeah, these, I don't know, all the characters, like every character is just cool in their own way. Um, mm-hmm. and man, I just, uh, I just love how they really make Indy feel like a hero in the moment, like especially with the oh, crowds yeah. that cheer him on. You know, whenever he's oh, going, like, like I want to follow this man. Like mm-hmm. any, tell me where to go, sir. I'm there. Like how whenever do you he need help, and I will help you. He gets on a horse and he start like chasing. Uh, I think he's chasing the truck. Yeah, the truck's leaving. He's yeah, chasing yeah. the truck, and like everyone in Cairo is like, "Yeah, like freaking go get him, man! Like that's Indy. Like that's our boy. Yeah. Like oh, I just." Just, uh, it's like secondhand badassery. Like, uh, I keep, it, uh, yeah, I, like, always. I feel that here too. Like, he is a hero's hero, and like, seeing him do that stuff just makes you feel so good inside, you know? Like, uh, it's just so wholesome, like, to watch, uh, yeah, and it is interesting. It, it is interesting to create, uh, cultivate a character like that. Like, and that's why it's so important that, you know, Luke Skywalker fights stormtroopers of the Empire, and that's why it's so important that Indiana Jones fights Nazis. Because uh, this dude shoots shoots a dude through the head in this movie. Like we watched that happen, uh, mm-hmm. I think on multiple occasions actually. And like we're gonna be okay with it because this dude's a Nazi, uh, and like that's in, that's integral. You know, <laughs> if it's not a Nazi, it becomes a little bit more. Uh, no gray a little area. Bit more murky. Yeah, there's no gray area with the. Uh, they make it very, very uh, black and white. Very okay, and that, yeah, I didn't even I didn't even think it like uh. Like I like obviously the choosing of the Nazis or a, an enemy like the Empire. You know they're very easily hateable. I didn't even yeah, think exactly. of the aspect of how it elevates the hero even more. Like just having such a villain or you know antagonist or group that is so easily hateable just makes you love the hero even more. Yeah, cuz if uh, you're fighting if you're fighting back against an in, like a a very powerful imperial power, like it's like it it's automatically an underdog story cuz it's one man versus an army basically is what we're getting with the Indiana Jones vibe, you know. Uh and but what I love about that is is he isn't alone. He gets he gets tons of help throughout this movie, which is uh Really, really cool because it means the people aren't here for the Nazis bullshit either. It's kind of like a, uh, like a people against the, the, the bigger power at hand, mm. you know? And, uh, I, I enjoy the, I enjoy those sorts of underdog stories. And I think Indy kind of, uh, embodies that to a degree. But, um, yeah. And it's, and it's another one that is a relatively simple story, you know? He gets, he gets the arc, uh, and, gives it to the gives it to the government and the government's like yeah, we're gonna hold on to this uh and fuck those guys always fuck those guys made me think like uh what if there is some crazy artifact that we're just holding on to that some you know some archaeologists made you know they think that he just made up this crazy story you know behind it like but like what it's actually true you know like because that warehouse was massive, and you have to think, massive. like, there's something else in that warehouse that is probably like that. You know, like, uh, they got a lot of shit. Like, 
Like, if that's where they took that artifact, there must be another artifact of similar it's uh, either, power levels. Yeah. It's either, like, they have the most powerful artifact that they've ever, they, they could ever want, and they're just, like, so, you know, distracted that they're just going to put it in a box and put it in a warehouse and forget about it. Right. And, you know, there is nothing else important there. That's what they're going for. Or they're going for, like, there's things like this everywhere in this warehouse, you know? Like, that that's where, like, or what I was thinking is, like, it's either that this thing overpowers everything else in this warehouse or, like, this warehouse is full of shit just like that. Um, yeah. And I don't know if, like, the sequels uh, get into that or whatever, but... uh Well, I mean... I didn't expect like, the movie to end like that. Like, you said, like, a more powerful weapon they'd be more preoccupied with at the time. World War II... It seemed like there was probably a weapon we might have been more preoccupied with at the time. That's uh, fair. I guess uh, maybe it's better they didn't go with the arc. <laughs> Who knows? It's hard to Who say. Knows? Yeah, I like maybe the arc could have done more damage, which is yeah, like probably. So even though the other weapon we chose is terrible in every way. I think it's the lesser of two evils in this situation. Ar- like, the Ark uh, of the Covenant seems like it could uh, it could seriously wipe out an entire planet if necessary. Uh, stand on top of a and, mountain, open that thing up, and I I think it just goes happens. to work by itself, right? Like, uh, it's kind of like <laughs> if you see it, you're done. Uh, sorry, that's, that's pretty powerful. Like, may uh, when I was thinking of these people dying, like. I was thinking of what was killing them, and I I just thought it'd be really cool if, like, God or whatever this was in this box just showed them, like, the true power of God, and that alone just melted their brains, you know? Like, they just couldn't – like, and that's why they couldn't look at it. agree of that, yeah, like – Yeah, like, that's why I was thinking, like, Indy saying, don't look at this, you know, it's going to kill you, like, if you even look at it, like, it's that powerful, you know, like, uh... Yeah, like, it's like, it's what Thor says in Infinity War, like, uh, like, the Thanos-killing kind of weapon, your mortal body simply wouldn't have the capacity to handle it, your brain would descend into madness, and your bodies would crumble, uh, like, is that kind of the idea here? Like, and I, I think it's important that we also see, like, one of those demon spirit things like go from looking just like a normal normal in quotes uh, <laughs> spirit to uh like a straight up demon like with its face morphing into a demon's and it's like oh that's freaky uh it... so it's like hard to say like what kind of power we're actually dealing with here is it like a It's just another one of those powers that works in mysterious ways. It's like the it's like the like, force, is it, you know. Is it that it is directly the power mm-hmm. of God? Because he says like it's a transitory vessel to speak to God. That's what it is. It's a radio to God. Uh, so is it an artifact that imbues God's will, or is it a artifact that is simply imbued with a with God's power, and therein makes its own choices with that power? It makes me feel that it has, like, some consciousness to it. Like, it... Well, it definitely does, I guess. But, like, it... I feel that, like... 
whenever it's killing the Nazis, like it knows that these are Nazis and like it's just like because in like the book to use it, literally all that we saw was just two people holding it and they opened it up and then like it wiped out everything around them. But the yeah. people who opened it also got wiped out. So like right. it knows like these people are bad and I'm like, they don't, they're not worthy of this power. I think like, that's what I like okay. whenever I was watching the movie, that's how I felt. Like, I felt like it was like God's will. Like it was like, if Indy opened that box, I think it would have gone way differently. Like if, gotcha. if he was by himself, you know, by himself opening the box, I think like he would have, it would have worked for him. I'd say like, uh, Bas- so like basically like situation. like a worthy yeah a worthy situation i'd say like i don't know that's i guess that's kind of the vibes i got while watching no yeah that's interesting it's it's because like there is something to the fact that like the only two people it doesn't kill are indy and marion ravenwood in that in that direct vicinity uh but there's also the other the other side of it where they're the only ones who didn't look at it so it's like is that is that the thing uh, hard to say. Um, I like to think it's just Indy saying like, "Hey, close your eyes." Like this shit. Yeah, we don't want to see it. Mm. You know, just like just keep True. your eyes closed because that'll uh, that'll scar you forever. I mean, she's already been through some pretty traumatic shit in this movie. Like when she stumbled around the cavern of skeletons and like they just kept popping up around her. Like, I wonder if permanently it was... changed. I wonder if it was mentioned before in the movie that, like, whenever they're explaining it to the, uh, like, the CIA agents or whoever they were, government people, I wonder if they, like, explained, like, in the lore of the story if, like, just the sight of the power alone can kill you. Like, I wonder, because, like, it would make sense if, like, from stories or the legend that he, they heard this and this is why he's saying, like, close your eyes. like. The only way that I can say that it's not him just being like, you don't want to see what's about to happen. Cause like, that's, I'm more, I'm more on that side. I'm more on the side yeah. of like, he's just saying like, you do not want to see what's about to happen to these people. Cause he knows they're all about to die. Like, is mm-hmm. that, I'm like 80% there. The only other part of me is like, maybe there is some knowledge of the arc that he knows that's like, seeing it can kill you alone and that he's just like don't i don't want you to die so keep your eyes shut but i feel like All if right, that yeah. was the case he would have said if you look at this you will die you know like i feel like he would right. he would have made it very known like hey if you open your eyes you'll die you know because he true he okay want yeah her. that's fair like he would have made that clear like hey absolutely don't <laughs> close your eyes or else you'll die or don't open your eyes or else you'll die uh see and like the thing that made me go this this is another important thing because this is just a way that we view our protagonist here our hero Indiana Jones uh, he was also closing his eyes so is that a is that a simple vulnerability i don't want to see this i'm also scared which would be just another another interesting aspect of his character and would make sense for anybody in this situation or is it that was the reason I'd always thought you can't look at it is because he also closed his eyes and it That's doesn't fair. seem like something he would close his eyes to not see. Every other time he's is... been faced with death or killing right in front of him. Like, uh, 
whenever they're in the first part of the movie, you know, whenever, uh, like booby traps, like a, a skeleton pops out in front of him, he's just staring right at it, you know, nothing like yeah. doesn't phase him. And then, uh, he sees his homie dies yeah, there at the beginning exactly, who left yeah. him, who did leave him to die. I mean, <laughs> granted, but, uh, uh, he sees he sees him with a spear through his face and it's just like ah damn man that sucks all right obviously the situation is heightened like it's a it's a way more grand of a situation but i still don't think indy closes his eyes just to hide the killing from him you know like i don't think now i'm kind of now i'm kind of back on the fence yeah to me that's a situation that's like that's a learning uh-huh. situation, you know, like that's say like, if you see what happens, you know, what happens when the arc opens, you know what I'm saying? So like, I feel like he would have looked to see it if it was like, Hey, you can enter in a new aspect. Maybe Indy's keeping his eyes closed because of what solid like said to him. Like, this isn't a power that man should even have. Ah, like, so Sala uh, sways his view. Sala sways his view of it. Like we shouldn't even because touch this I, thing. Because I think Indy, like at first, um, before Sala, like I think he was just gonna find the Ark and he was gonna open it up, see what the power is, and then give it to a museum. Like that was his plan, I think. Um, gotcha. But after Sala and like Sala's talking to him and like he's realizing like what the Ark is and who's going for it, I think he's like. He's more on the side, like, yeah, like, I'm not going to even open it up. Like, I don't want to open it up. Like, this isn't something that man should have. Um, well, it's, I think, another really important thing here that we're not really, that we haven't really touched on, even though we're 50 minutes or so into this, uh, the dichotomy between Indy and Belloc. Uh, the, the way that they are both in the same profession, in pursuit of the same things, and one of them is willing to work with Nazis to get where they're going while one of us is not ready to work with Nazis to get where they're going. Uh, and Belloc tries to make that point to him throughout the movie. He's like, you and me, we're not different. Like I'm, I'm you. If someone gives you one little nudge, I love that line. Like it's basically in one line, giving you like the, uh, the whole Luke, like tempting to the dark side or like, you know, like that, like that whole, dichotomy basically like here like you have like the fallen angel type which is belloc you know he's like he was good and he was like an indie before but now he's you know something happened to him that nudged him too far i guess you know Mm -hmm. and uh like i i had that idea you know that like yeah like this is the anti to to indiana jones you know like this is his just his arch nemesis basically and uh and I always had that idea, like, yeah, like, this is easily someone who Indiana Jones could become. But then I hear Belloc literally say it in the movie, and I'm like, like, uh, like, I don't know, like, just reassuring, like, ah. Oh. And I think there's probably something to be said for the idea that maybe this very conflict with Belloc is what persuades him further into that, like, okay, I really don't want to be like this guy. You know, like, I got to be a different kind of, we got to do something else here. So, like, Belloc goes to open it, Indy would be the guy who wouldn't try to, because that's something Belloc would try to do. Um, Obviously, Belloc pays for it, getting his head exploded and stuff. I didn't uh, know that this is uh what these head melting and head exploding things were from. I've seen them numerous times, hundreds of oh, times. Oh, yeah. Um, had no idea it's from Indiana Jones. 
which uh I don't know I, like whenever like uh the whole thing was happening like the ritual and stuff I'm like wait this is looking like really familiar like yeah. this is looking and then like it shows like the shows them like, ah, before like they're starting melting to get away like and I'm like oh my god this is like what it's from this is the thing it's about to happen and then it happened yep. and I'm like oh my god like wow um I guess that was the same thing with the uh like the gun bringing a gun to or bringing a sword to a gunfight thing but uh well that's just I that's knew a, that's that was thing that shows the iconicism yeah. of the mm. film like if it can seep so deeply into pop culture that there are so many things from the movie you've already seen the way that uh, I felt about last week with The Shining, several several moments of that movie where I felt like I'd already seen it because it's such an iconic movie. And I'm sure the same has to be said for people watching Star Wars for the first time. Obviously, I can't can't speak to that completely. But uh, uh, Godfather, Taxi Driver, like if these movies are iconic, we've heard of them and we've seen some of it in, in some capacity mm-hmm. uh, just – not in context and therefore it doesn't register in any meaningful way. But when you actually watch it, you go, Oh shit. There it is. Jaws. Another one that I saw, saw tons of and just didn't really have the pointers to put it together. One, uh, freaking mention that I don't know if this was a nod to the 36 chamber of Shaolin or what, but homie pulled out the triple nunchuck. Like straight up, it was a small. Like, did you like? Uh, when when was the scene? It was okay. Um, I think it was. No, it was after the snakes. So it's after they're in the hole. They're trapped. I don't know. The Nazi dude pulls out like this small version of a triple nunchuck, um, and just gives it to like uh, someone behind him. Um, like it's and that's it. Like they don't pay attention to it. It's just this little. He pulls it out. It's this triple nunchuck, gives it away, doesn't come up ever again. But, like, hmm. I just, like, the movie came, you know, two years ago, and George loves martial arts movie, like, movies, and he's inspired heavily by them. And, like, I don't know. Like, I, that's one of my notes is, like, the 36th Chamber of Shaolin triple nunchuck, like, just came up. And it's, so it's after a note where I said that's an absurd amount of snakes, and that's referring to, you know, the amount I, of snakes, the amount of snakes down in the the arc room, and then but it's um, before he's a hero riding that horse. So it's before he's chasing he chases the truck. them down. Um, gotcha. So in that Mandalorian ass scene, tell me that wasn't Mandalorian mm. season two episode seven, bro. Oh, or. The, dude oh straight up come on the man. chase on top of the cars and like it's just the amount the amount of influence this movie has on the mandalorian alone is just fucking absurd they're uh a classic wilhelm scream i don't know if uh the this ah! is uh the yeah whatever but, like uh, it's I, it's I, been renamed uh i think it's been officially renamed the george lucas scream oh really like that's yeah. awesome but uh yeah, I'm pretty I sure he was a... the first one to use it. Like he, that's that's a George Lucas original. Oh, I think it, it. I think it's in Star Wars too. Yeah, I think it was first used in Star Wars. Or was it first used in Star? I don't know, but uh, but yeah, that just I love the screen popping up here. That was one of my notes. Um, oh yeah, this uh, this is like 
kind of more near the end. I guess kind of not really. But uh, whenever Marianne kisses Silo, um, and he just starts singing. Dude's so happy, like, he just broke out into song. Um, when Marianne was like, this one's for, oh, yeah. this one's for, like, your wife, this one's for your kids, this one's for yeah. you. Dude just yeah. bust out into song, like, you know, like. He, well, he'd been singing that throughout the movie, the. I am the like I loved it. He was he was oh. doing absolutely fantastic. I was looking up the Wilhelm scream real, real mm. quick. I don't want to sound like an idiot. It actually comes from the fifties, and it wasn't oh. until interesting. And it wasn't until Ben Burt uh, really implemented it to Star Wars that it reinvigorated the the scream. I see, and made it a made it a cultural monument of sound editing, um, which is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, uh, it's like, you hear that, like, hearing it in one movie, you know, it, it you wouldn't think anything of it, but just, it's so recognize like, recognizable the second time you hear it, that yeah. you're like, wait a minute, like, oh, and then you only hear it as, like, a sound bite now. You don't hear, yeah. like, I don't hear it as a scream anymore. I just No, it yeah, as, it's, like, it is a sound, sound bite yeah. that I know <laughs> someone inserted here, because, like... It wasn't the person screaming because I've heard that scream before. I wanna. I'm very curious about this uh, triple nunchuck now. Um, I want to know, like, if it if it was truly like a a callback to the 36 chamber. Um, I'm trying to find the Nazi. Name the film: Evil Creepy Nazi Poltergeist. A device, some kind of torture. Yeah, it basically. Oh, that's when it was. It was when he's walking into the tent. Um, whenever Marion's like acting drunk and she's about to run away, and he he walks in. Um, the first thing he does is like pull out like it. It looks like a tor. It's he's saying he's pulling it out to like scare Marion and being like, "I will torture you with this, basically, if you don't comply." Gotcha. And then he hands it to a person right behind him. Um, so mm, it's that scene, but it, I mean, it's three, it, it's, it's like the triple nunchuck from 36, like, like straight up. It's just not as big. It's just like a smaller version. Um, and I, I don't know, like, I, I have to think, I don't know, like, I just have to think like that it's, it's some call. Um, you would think, right. Let's see anything pops up i'm not finding anything in connection nope only just only people on reddit is the only thing i'm seeing is like people connecting them but uh yeah no oh well i mean maybe it maybe it is you know maybe it is you know maybe like like, it's not a big enough thing to really be talked about it's just kind of a thing that (laughs) if you've seen both the movies recently (laughs) in sequence uh, as we have in the in the last few weeks uh, you'll probably, you might, you might put them together. Uh, but I, I don't have much else to say about Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's, uh, it's one of my favorites of all time. I know this is going to be high in our rating system. Uh, and if okay. you're ready, I'm ready to jump into that. Well, uh, the enjoyment is pretty easy. Um, that's a five out of five. This, if I could, I'd give it a six out of five. I was about to ask, could we give it like a 5.1? Because legitimately, the other fives on this movie, like, this is the most enjoyable movie on this list by far. Like, uh, yeah. 
it's more than like it truly is like more than like a five out of five. Like I, I and I we could just stop at five. Like I just think it'd be a five point one just in the enjoyment. I'm um, I'm cool with the point one just yeah. to give it a little bit of more love. Yeah, you know, uh, like we'll give it the point it deserves one. more than a five for enjoyment. Like yeah, this killed yeah. it. Like uh, but yeah, as a genre too, man. You look at an adventure film. There's no better place to look than than Indiana Jones. Uh, this is this is a five out of five in its genre as well. And in terms of critic critically, I'm gonna give this because it's not quite a five. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's definitely uh some stuff that makes you go huh, and like it's kind of hard. Like, there are parts that unless you know, you know the movie relatively well, that can be a little bit like. I don't really follow mm. how we got from here to here, point A to point B. Um, but not nearly enough to go really low. Like, this is at least, at the absolute least, a 4.75 for me. Thank, okay, cool. I'm, I'm up there. I'm definitely up there. Um, I mean, I was thinking, like, either 4.8 or, like... Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm kind of chilling at a four eight, and uh, and then I'm cool with that too. I'm cool with that too, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's going to make this the highest rated movie so far, besides Star Wars. I mean, yeah, with a uh, a five point one, it, it comes out to be four point nine seven. Um, so I mean, basically a five, pretty much. Um, I, I'm with if we keep enjoyment at a five. Yeah, it it only makes it a nine a four point nine three. So even if the uh, let's stick let's stick with that number just to just to make it the official connected to everything yeah. else. Metaphorically, it's a five point <laughs> one out of five. But since we have set a scale, we have to stick to the That's scale. True, true, it's the true. way of things. I mean, it's it's, yeah, it only five. drops it down point oh five. Um, you know, so <laughs> yeah. so it's it's still a four point nine three on average, and that is Man. uh tied 0.01? with the Godfather. There we go. That's and like I was honestly like, I feel like I don't know if I want to put this that much higher than The Godfather, like point like point oh four. You know, tying kind of it fits. Like uh, it makes sense. Like I see it in my head. It makes sense to me. Literally, the ratings uh, are the exact same. Like for like five five four point eight. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, that's it. we gave right like. They're two very different movies, but like they both accomplish what they were doing so well, and like so it, supremely well, and it yeah. makes sense. Like it makes sense that they tie here. You know, like The Godfather is probably my most enjoyed critically, the crit like just good story yeah. movie, and this is the best fun story movie so yeah far. the most like, fun i've had in any of the movies we've done so far and i think this was what 13 yep this is number or 12 this is 12 12 mm-hmm. 77 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 80 81 80 yep i was thinking 82 for some reason mm-hmm. uh 81 8 and so yeah, so four point nine three overall on our rating scale, huh? That's that's fucking good. Yeah, this that's fucking this good. month of March is doing pretty well. Um, uh, I so bet, because uh, what's because we'll have uh, Apocalypse Now, mm-hmm. The Shining, The Shining, 
Raiders. Raiders of the Lost Ark. And Blade Runner. And then, and next week, 1982 will be Ridley Scott's Blade Runner. Another Harrison Ford, man. He's killing it. Harrison Ford double feature in these weeks, back to back. And I mean, three out of the four movies this month, Harrison Ford had a role in uh, with Apocalypse Now, which is kind of crazy. And Harrison Ford, the runner up to Jack Nicholson for the lead in The Shining. So that is wild. Almost a four out of four. Could have been in in some universe. Where, uh, well, hey, if we would have, if we would have used Empire Strikes Back in 1980, that's that. Harrison Ford's got, Harrison Ford's got all of them. The run that Harrison Ford went on here in the early 80s with Empire, Raiders, Blade Runner, Return of the Jedi, Temple of Doom, and then like later on, you know, he went into Patriot Games and all this shit, like the elevating himself to a different kind of action mm-hmm. hero at that point. It's like the man's resume is fucking absurd. He's killing it. Yeah, he's uh the uh 80s awards. Um I think Harrison has a pretty good uh good chance. It's a pretty good shot. Pretty good shot at winning some awards there. Um, I'd say so too. I'd say so too. But yeah, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's one of my favorites of all time. And uh it it being all the way up there next to The Godfather and Star Wars makes a lot of sense to me. Uh it's definitely it definitely should be. Mm-hmm. You know, and we didn't talk about it much, but the score by John Williams, mm. masterful, uh, and he'll elevate any movie that he's a part of, as he did with Jaws and as he did with Star Wars, and now as he has done with Raiders. You know what you're getting with John Williams. Like, yes, you do. We don't even have to tell you. You know, we just the fact, mm-hmm. just alone, that we can say John Williams wrote the score of this movie and you know made it. Okay, you understand. You get it. You get it. You feel the vibes. They contagious. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this was the Penny Bloom podcast. I was Colton Robertson, joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, buddy. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Of course, of course. And if this is the first time you're joining us, uh, you jumped in here with uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, I'd advise that you went back through our little catalog here the last few weeks as we as we started uh, at the beginning of 2022. Uh, just kind of revisit a journey through a uh, history of cinema, 70 through 2022 that's 1970 through 2022 that's the goal here at the end uh if you would you can head to patreon.com slash bloom we're on top of that you'll get like over 22 hours of exclusive content at this point there's a a ton of exclusive content not all pertaining to movies like this a lot of marvel a lot of star wars a lot of uh, a lot of shit uh and uh it's it's ceaselessly fun over there though we uh a little bit more unhinged a little uh, more able to talk about literally anything we want. Uh, it gets it gets to be a lot of fun over there. And then uh, head to Twitter, follow at Penny Bloom Pod. And uh, if if we ever change what uh, the following week's movie will be, like I said here, 1982 will be the Blade Runner, and it will stay that way. But if it were to change, that would be where it would be changed. You would see it on Twitter, uh, and uh, you could watch and then listen along with us. Uh, Follow at Penny Bloom Podcast on Instagram. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, go leave a rate review, uh, five stars, share with a friend, uh, because that's the only way we can grow. If you're on Spotify, go ahead and follow, share with a friend, like our shit, because, you know, if we can get we can get a Spotify cosign, that'd be awesome, too. You know, I'll take anything at this point. Uh, 
some some sort of uh, financial compensation for the work we putting in because we doing a lot of it. But hey, it's a lot of fun, and uh, frankly, I'd I'd do it at I'd do it at a financial loss any day, uh, as I am. So I don't know what I'm gonna do for the sign off here. I hadn't even thought about it. It's not the years; it's the mileage. Ooh, I, I that was one of the only quotes that I wrote down. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. It's not the years; it's the mileage. God, in that last scene where Marion's like comforting him, and he's like, "God, I don't need a nurse." Damn it, here's pretty good too. Yeah, like, yeah, oh. like <laughs> starts starts with the elbow, goes to his forehead, gets his eye, and he's like, "Okay, fine, go ahead and kiss me. I love you." Okay, bye. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the shit. I absolutely love that. But yeah. Peace, love, and bloom. And remember, it's not the years. It's the mileage.